Hey, welcome to One Day Closer with Mark and Dave. If you're joining us for the first time, here's our promise to our listeners. In every show, regardless of the topic, we promise to dispense hope and insert a biblical, common-sense perspective into this world-gone-crazy conversation. That's right, and last week we covered a lot of topics, kind of uh, what this show is going to be about. We talked about exposing darkness from a scripture reference. We talked about waking up the lions, and uh, we have outlined a host of topics, and we plan to discuss over the next few months. Not all today, but over the next few months. Uh, We played uh, the loser game, if you remember, and we highlighted many previous wins that perhaps had been forgotten because a lot of these wins were from a while back and we tend to forget things that were in history. So we kind of brought those to the fore. We might mention those a little bit again in the future. We attempted to uh, showcase what family values are, what we're really about when it comes to politics. We're really about family values, biblical perspective, uh, versus a worldly perspective. So it's less about which jersey you're wearing, whether it's the blue jersey or the red jersey. It's more about uh, conservative versus liberal, biblical versus worldly. I'd like to go back to the importance of exposing darkness for just a second. The more light that you shed on a subject, the easier it is to see the obstacles in front of you, the lies, the hypocrisy, the truth, and a way forward. You know, in Matthew 5, 14, it talks about, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. I mean, how many times have we heard that, right? You're a city on a hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. President Reagan, okay. thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you very much. But you are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill. Uh, it cannot be hidden. But nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or put it under the bed. But you put the light on a lampstand so that you can see, everybody in the house can see where they're going. John 1.5 talks about the light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't even comprehend it. Think about that. That's just, that's pretty intense, right? That means that there's a reason why the other, other people that don't have the light don't understand what in the world we're talking about. They don't understand the salvation. They don't understand forget. They don't understand anything because it basically says darkness can't even comprehend it. But I love this yeah. one. John three nineteen. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light. I hate it. And does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be what? Exposed. Exposed. (laughs) I think that's great. Hey, listen. Like you, Mark and I are tired of watching the lunatics run the insane asylum. And as long as they're running the insane asylum, we'll say it again. We've opted to engage instead of sit around and and watch the circus. So how are we going to be different? Right? What makes our program any different than everything else that's airing? Well, for starters, uh, you're going to be able to just decompress for a little bit, a couple hours. Just decompress from all the conspiracy theories and the downer chatter and the whole rhetoric rehash. Just for a couple hours and ponder with us 
practical insights to addressing life from a biblical perspective. At One Day Closer is intended to embrace common sense thinking for our nation. We'll be closer to seeing a way forward so we don't stumble over obstacles in the dark. Closer to being, this is important, closer to being what our family and our friends and total strangers need us to be. We need to be that, yes. Because they're just walking around in the dark. Not our, not my family, but, you know, other people, friends. <laughs> some of know? my family, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, some of it. They, they, they need us to shine the light. They need us to turn the light on and help them across the, the river or whatever. But uh, we're going to be a voice of reason, hope, and light in a dark world. Amen. And uh, so if all this sounds good to you, and I'm sure it does, because there is a lot of negativity out there, and we're trying to bring a positive spin to it all. So now let's uh, let's get down to some business here. Business. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some of these uh, midterm elections here. Well, before we get to some of the other candidates, I, I want to remind everybody that I also talked about the gubernatorial debate last week, also called the Goober debate, because that's how you spell it. I highlighted uh, the debate between Polis and uh, Heidi Ganahl, and she hit it out of the park. And I don't know if you saw it, but they had another debate. Their second debate was last Wednesday on Channel 4. And so maybe if you want to check that out, you can. And I thought, uh, again, Heidi hit it out of the park. Polis was a little bit more animated and a little bit more defensive after the whooping he took on the first debate. But she still uh, highlighted uh, his record, which was, uh, we're now number one in uh, fentanyl deaths. We're uh, number one in auto thefts in Colorado. Uh, Polis has enacted 85 new taxes and fees, and he's grown the state government by 25%. And all of these things has led to a inflation rate of 15.6% oh, gee, mama. in Colorado, which is the highest in the country, in case you didn't know. Well, there um, you go. That explains a lot. Yep. She also highlighted that uh, in Colorado, we are the fourth highest increase in crime nationally. Violent assaults have gone up 17%. Uh, homicide has gone up for, uh, 47%, and I already mentioned uh, auto theft, which she has a number on the on here, too, at 86%. It's up. 86%. 86%. I wonder so, how that fares nationally. That is, uh, I'm sure it's way high, especially compared to all the red states. So yeah. that is... Polis's record and Heidi just nailed him to the wall with his record and frankly he seems to think that uh, quote we have a record of getting things done uh, I just wanted to highlight that and mention that there are now two debates that you can get online and you can uh, go check those out so now Dave is going to be talking I'm just going to follow up on that I'm looking at this election guide that was put out by the Citizen Stewardship. Ten categories. So it's got all the candidates going from left to right and going from top to bottom. It's late-term abortion, government fund funding of uh, Planned Parenthood, government locking down churches, 
school choice, vaccine mandates, Second Amendment rights, uh, domestic oil and gas production, higher taxes, voter ID law, and parental rights in education and health care. The only thing I wanted to point out is that, let's see, well, Mark just talked about Heidi. Heidi, Heidi spanked Paulus, in my opinion. But there's this other group, category I want you to bring to your attention. The State Board of Education District 8. State Board, listen to me, of Education. There's a Blue Party, and then there's Peggy. Peggy Post is a pro, is um, Republican. But in the column, it has listed... Under the blue person's name, no response to eight out of the ten categories that I just read off. No, no response. response. So if she can't respond, I'm not even going to mention her name. No <laughs> response. <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah, it only seems fair. But here's what I think is funny. She's opposed to school choice. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder why. Won't respond to the rest of it, but she'll respond to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want you to go to the school I tell you to go to, uh, but not any other school. So she's opposed to school choice. Yeah, so I'd forget about that D under state board education. Yeah. What was the other thing? The other one was uh, she's opposed to, I'll check this out, parental rights in education and health care. You don't Just have a, any rights. You don't have any rights. I am in charge. <laughs> I am in charge. Yeah, I'm in charge. All right, so that basically boils down to Peggy is candidate of choice when it comes to children, State Board of Education. If you care about your kids, vote for Peggy for State Board Education District 8. All right. Now, moving on to the next important thing is there are several ballot initiatives here that talk about schooling and raising money for schools and for education salaries and all kinds of things. But also, there's just some things you got to think about. And I really encourage everybody to go read the details in, in this sample ballot that came in the mail. And I know it, it can be kind of hard to understand because it's written in legalese, but just read it slow and underline the, the verbs and you, you can really understand what they're talking about. One of the ways that they try to justify getting more of our money is by saying things like this. Quote, Colorado ranks 49th in the nation for average starting teacher salaries. And it goes on. End quote. What you have to understand that... We might rank 49th in teacher salaries, but that's not because we lack the money. We spend more per student in Colorado than most states in the country, and we spend more money per student in the, than any other countries in the world, almost any other country. So it's not for lack of money. If you're ranked 49th in the nation for teacher salaries, it's because you've managed the money poorly. And it's up to us to hold them accountable by voting no on all these money grabs. So hang on to your wallet. They're all about um, not only raising taxes, but raising mill, uh, mill levies. And that's the other thing. They're going to talk. They talk about these as not being new increases in taxes. And that's true. It's not. 
And what they're doing is that a lot of these mill levies that all of us are paying on our property taxes are scheduled to finish up in the next year or two so that your taxes actually would be lower. So you're voting to extend those. But that's what they're doing. Through the mill levy for an extra 10 years so that five years from now, they can go, we're not raising your taxes. These are just fees now. That's right. And, And you'll never know that you got robbed. Right. Because they'll be hitting the mill, it'll be coming out of the mill money. And the the thing about that is that they're Clever. it's not true when they say the taxes won't be increased. They will. Oh yeah. The mill levy number may not increase. It's just going to be extended for them ten more years. But the value of your house will increase, and therefore you're going to pay increased taxes. More money, more money. They just want more money. So they're more playing money, some trickery. Money. You got to read these things carefully. Basically, it's a good rule of thumb that if the Democrats are for it or if your Democrat neighbors are putting out signs, that's a good indicator that you just need to vote against it. So uh, that will kind of wrap that up. Go Um, red. uh, You go red. You basically vote against all these new taxes and hold these government officials accountable for being more responsible with them. So with that, we are going to talk next about... Oh, you've got some funny questions you want me to answer. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the Grill Dave show coming up here next. Yes. But until we get there, you know, for those that are listening for the first time, we got a lot of stuff coming up, not just this hour, next hour, but next week. For the next two months, we're going to be looking at discovering our call, overcoming, you know, owning, defining and owning the battlefield, uh, how to build a legacy of hope, pounding on the educational school boards. And uh, talking about failing church leadership, a lot of stuff to talk about, all from the uh, lens of a Christian perspective. So, so I want to ask the question, how would Jesus vote? Or would he vote at all? What would be important to him? <laughs> you know, that's an old saying. Yeah, that's well, an what old would saying. He, who would he vote for or how would he vote? Would he vote at all? What kind of what, what kind of answers you got for those questions? Because a lot of people out there are anti-political so much that they don't even vote. But so we want to ask those questions because we think Jesus would vote. How do you think he'd vote? Well, that's a good. That's a great. That's a great question. That's not only a great question. That's an interesting question. I think Jesus would vote for himself. I hear that. <laughs> Isn't that what we all did in, in high school and? I actually can go back to high school. My memory works that that far back. You know, when people were running, you you know, ask you to vote. You know, yeah. do you want to be on this team or that team, or how do you feel about something, or uh, you know, prom queen. You voted. Right, who's the king? I voted for myself every time. Nobody even for prom nobody queen. Nobody <laughs> actually for the king. Thank you. For the but king nobody thing. knew me, and nobody knew me. I mean, but you know, you give me a chance to vote. I'm voting for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, let's face it, Jesus would certainly vote for himself, I think, because he knew that he was the only cat that had the answers. So, you know, if you want to you have some answers, you might want to vote for him. Seriously, I think the better question would have been, how would Jesus vote? Not if he would, or who he'd vote for, which party. I think it's better to ask the question, how would Jesus vote? Because everything gets real simple when we start to look at life through the filter of the Bible. 
I mean, I think that's pretty Absolutely. simple stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, everything becomes crystal clear as to how the gray areas seem to go away. That's what happens, like I said earlier in the program, that's what happens when you turn the light on. All the little critters scatter. Yes. Because <laughs> they don't want to be caught doing their evil dubas. They're exposed by the light. They're exposed. And so they all scatter. So how would Jesus vote? Well, this one's going to tick a few people off. From a biblical perspective, I think it's safe to say that Jesus is pro-life. Not pro-death. Period. Period. Done. I mean, so you can talk about reproductive, you can talk about parenthood, you can talk about, you know, whatever. If it ain't pro-life, it's pro-death. That's Whether be, it's a yeah. 13 or a 15 or a, you know, you're going to get up to heaven and he's going to say, you know, about that one issue I wanted to talk to you about. You know, you were struggling over that. Yeah, I was struggling over whether it should be 13 weeks or 15 weeks because, you know, I really couldn't figure out the science. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, without question, that would be the wrong answer. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's either pro-life, sorry, no question there, pro-life. Um, so I think that's what, uh, you know, if you're looking for how to vote uh, and you want to follow Christian principles, Christian morals, um, and you're really just confused about all the noise that surrounds that whole topic, uh, just focus on the basics. Life or death? Is Jesus pro-life or pro-death? Um, I think he's pro-life. Jesus, I think, would also be pro-nuclear family. Absolutely. He spoke many times in the Bible about the family, how it's made up. Genesis 1 yep. created the family. Right. And in the New Testament, as well as the Old Testament, it talks about the father's the head of the household. Mm-hmm. He reports to God. He's supposed to treat his wife with great duty and great honor and respect. And servanthood. Yep. Right. Servanthood. Serve serve the family. Uh, the kids are supposed to listen to their parents. Whoa. <laughs> that one might be a little problematic. But um, he spoke a bunch about that. The roles of both the parents and the respect for parents amongst the kids. So I think it's safe to say um, that Jesus would have been pro-nuclear family. Instead of broken family. Now, does that mean, oh, well, my husband and I, we got separated for whatever reason. He still loves you individually, all of that good stuff. Doesn't mean your family's broke. But if you got a family, you're supposed to defend your family. Again, school board educators that think, uh, you know, they don't have to respond to anything. I don't like that person much at all. Against <laughs> medical practitioners oh, yeah. who want to uh, mutilate your child because they're feeling like a boy or a girl opposite of what they are. On, yeah. a, on a particular day. Who made them, uh, what's the guy in Frankenstein, in the movie Frankenstein, that uh, was the mad doctor? I mean, who gives them the right to decide, I'd like to change your child. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, all right, we're getting way off base. But I think it's safe to say Jesus was against um, violence, right? Yes. I mean, he was against violence. Uh, he was against lying. As a matter of fact, you read the book of Proverbs, it'll kind of slap you uh, left and right um, on the whole lying, the whole wickedness, the whole hypocrisy, the whole deceit and corruption argument. Proverbs is nothing but uh, this is good behavior, this is bad behavior, right? It's all about wickedness and exposing, you know, they're basically 
you know, it's not a pretty picture for those folks. He told us to beware of those people. Right. And so I'm pretty sure if um, someone is lying, I think it's an abomination. Right, so liars and hypocrites and cheats and corrupt people like that, you know, pretty much aren't going to make it into heaven. Something about gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth. It's going to to be a hot swim. It's going to be a hot summer (laughs) in the pool down there. So, yeah, being known. uh, Here's something else about Jesus. He was known as a teacher, a rabbi, and I'm pretty sure uh, that he would have been pro-education. He would have included, you know, he would say, bring all the children to me. Yeah. Right? including the spiritual teachings. He was more interested in spiritual teaching, character attributes worthy of emulating, like honesty, love one another, compassion, fairness, justice, integrity, honor, strength, wisdom. He talked all about that stuff and never talked much about math, arithmetic. Shakespeare. Shakespeare, yeah. (laughs) Didn't really cover Shakespeare either, did he? Uh, But, you know, he, he knew... That the fabric of the country, the fabric of the world, needed to be based off of moral fiber, character. You had to have a solid foundation from which to move forward. I mean, if you can't don't have a solid foundation, you'll fall for anything. Is that there's a song written like that? If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. You ever heard that? Yes, yes. Well, you have now. All right. So even if you answered that now, so what was what was your other question? Um, well, do you think Jesus would vote at all? May, you know. Would he care enough to even vote? I think Jesus, you know, let's let's look at it this way. I think Jesus voted every day that he was on the planet. How's that? Well, as a child, he had to witness all the pain that was going on around him. I mean, until he was 30, he didn't do anything. He was part of the dad's shop. Uh, he's in the family business, and he saw all kinds of pain, suffering, injustice, people getting beaten, taken advantage of, robbed robbed, you know, shunned, all kinds of stuff. He saw all that going on as a kid, just playing ball, playing sticks in the in the community. So he saw everything that was going on around him. And later, he decided around 12 that he was going to vote with his feet. And he ended up, instead of following the family back home, he he made his way back to the, you know, to, to the synagogue because he wanted to sit at the feet of the guys that were teaching. And they were amazed at how much he knew. Like a 12-year-old, right? Yeah. So he voted that I'm a greater priority for me is not to go home and do more chores or run around and play with my sticks, but I'd rather, uh, I, I'd rather be with the Father and learn more about it. I think personally, if Jesus were living today, you know, in his own body now, I think he would be speaking out against modern-day Pharisees just as boldly as he did back in the day when he was alive. I think he would speak boldly and harshly to both the Sadducees and the Pharisees of today. Who are those guys, by the way, today? The the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're the church leaders. They're the government leaders. They're the elite power brokers that feed off of uh, of people and try to control them. Right? Yep. And I think that he would call them out, just like he called them den of vipers in the New Testament. He absolutely would. And I think he would. And so... There's a good example of maybe what we should do. Maybe that's what we're actually doing in this broadcast is we're exposing a few things, we're highlighting a few things, and we're calling things out. Right? Yep. All right. So we kind of 
Did I answer your question about how would Jesus vote? Well, it sounds to me like he probably would. Well, I hope I score well when I get and, up there. And he would he would vote for uh, the biblical principles that he has given us and that he shares with us every day. Hidden from us in the sky above us, I can feel it all around. Hard to see them, but I do that there are angels looking down